0: Welcome back to History Talks with of 1836 and today we are picking right, a, right where we left off in episode one of the TX up to the American Revolutionary War. We'll talk a little bit about about Battle Concord and Lexington, but in the next episode we'll go into further detail. <laughs> Welcome to History Talks with History Buff 1836, a podcast about the presidents of the United States of America. A look inside to what happened in America during their presidency. Here is your host, History Buff 1836. Massachusetts had long been a center of rebellion. The increasing authorities of British power, the presence of the soldiers irritated the colonists. Mar- on March 5, 1770, 24 Bostonians began taunting soldiers guarding the soldier guarding the common house named Hugh White by throwing icicles at him. As the crowd grew, the chants began to get more assertive. One person told him to knock him knock him down. Fire, you dare not. Fire. Eventually a group of soldiers came to back Hugh White up. One of the protesters and the crowd hit a soldier and knocked him to the ground. Once the soldier got up, he fired into the ground and the crowd started to fire back. At the end of it, Five people were dead and eight others were injured. Also, on this day, earlier, Parliament repealed the Township Act's duties, the duties, except on the T. The first person to have been reportedly killed from the Boston Massacre was, was Crispus Attucks. And here's a little brief overview of Crispus Attucks. He was born in 1723 into slavery in Farmingham, Massachusetts. His father was captured in Africa and brought to the colony, sold into slavery. His mother was a m- member of the Native American tribe here. His last name, Addix, means a small deer in the native Indian language. Later, Crispus Addix was sold to a new owner in Boston near the shipping docks. And this is how he escaped. He would always watch the boats come and go regularly. One night, while his owner was away, he went to, he went to a stray boat and talked to the captain. The captain of the boat liked how strong and determined working, how hard-working he is. And the captain hired him. After he escaped, he used different names, but soon everyone stopped looking for him. He heard about the colonist's urge to have freedom and independence from Britain, and he wanted to help them out. He understood their trouble. On the 9th of March 5th, 1770, the Boston Massacre, Crispus Attucks, Joined the crowd that was protesting and f- and furious that one of their neighbors was not getting paid by the royal s- officers for doing work, Crispus tried to grab a musket from the crowd, but while doing so, a British soldier f- fired into the crowd, shooting Crispus and killing him. And there is that is a brief description of Crispus addicts an escaped slave who gave his life for the independence of the colonists. The Boston Massacre sent everyone in the colonies, in the colonies, and London into shock. Everyone went to the funerals. It took over six months for the tension between soldiers and the colonists to dissolve. But things were not the same were never the same, I mean. On june seventeen seventy two, a naval incident further caused tensions between the colonies' relationship with Great Britain. This took place near Warwick, Rhode Island. The British naval boat named HMS Gatsby was doing its rounds as it was watching for suspected smugglers coming into the colony's coast. Try and they were trying to seize local sheep, pigs, and other things. When the boat was docked, an uh, angry crowd dressed up as some of the Native American tribes boarded the ship, shot the captain, looted it for goods, and burnt it to the ground. This symbolized the intensity of the anti British feelings among the colonists. British tried to take them to London. British tried to take them to London for a trial, but Thomas Jefferson said this on it. It was a threat of transporting Americans for Charles and British that reg- regulated the anti British activities in Virginia. Quote. In response to this Gatsby incident, Samuel Adams organized the committee call. The committee correspondents had issued a statement of American rights and grievances. This is what they wrote. Number one British assumes power of legislation of call for colonies, colonists without their consent. Number two, Parliament had raised illegal revenues. Number three, tax collectors have been appointed by the ground to a right reserved to Providence. Number four, tax collectors are interested in power to absolute and arbitrary private promises. Number five, fleets of armies are quartered on the town's folks in time of peace without their consent. Number six, tax revenue have been used by the king to pay Providential government providential government officers, making them payment on him in violation of the charter. Number seven, journal assemblies are forced to meet in inconvenient places, activities have been canceled and have been limited number. Number eight, colonists accused of crimes are, the, colonists accused of crimes are in trade in armed military courts. Different court you know. Number nine, restraints are placed against iron mills, hat manufacturers, and transport cannot be carried over a ferry. Many other businesses are grotesque. Number ten. Colonists accused of destroying any British naval property and be will be transported to, are transported to England for trial. Number eleven. Parliament is a Attempting to establish an American escape goat. And lastly, number 12. Parliament is making frequent altercation on the bonds of colonies. Not according to charter. Samuel Adams also invited other towns to do the same. To create communities in list of rights and grievances. And they did so. Communities start Communities started to spring up, and it was becoming a unified network of resistance against the British power. British got a new prime minister named Lord North, North. and in 1773, he tried to bail out the failing and struggling East India Company, who is a huge supplier of tea located in South British. Their warehouse was holding up to 17 million pounds of tea. He wanted to sell out all of it before it was going to rot and to go bad, and then lose even more money. The reason why there was so much surplus is that the colonies were buying other tea and that it was cheaper in smuggled tea to avoid taxes. He got Parliament to pass the Tea Act of 1773 to allow the East India Company to send its tea directly to the colonists instead of going through merchants, cutting, to cutting the price to the same as its tea for the Dutch, which was a highly smuggled tea. The colonists did not like this. Massachusetts the committee of correspondence was backed by the local merchants warning of the colonists of these apps that the government the British government was trying to purchase colonial submission by their cheap tea. This was a clever trick to make colonists accept taxation. This was a clever trick to make colonists accept taxation without consent. Americans were so passionate about their liberty it outweighed their love for tea. So in 1773, patriots dressed as Indians boarded the three British ships full of their tea in the Boston Harbor and dumped over 342 chests full of 46 tons full of 46 tons of tea in the East India, dumped overboard over 342 chests full of 406 tons of the East India Company tea. That the colonists were told the ships were not going. To move until the tea is sold. And this pushed British officials to the breaking point. The destruction had so much value, and King George III wrote this to Lord North: "The colonists must either submit or triumph." Meaning, you must submit to our rules, regulations, and laws. Meaning, pay taxes. Or go to war with us. And the winners. Will get. If you win. You get independence. If you lose. Sex for you. You're going to have to obey our rules regulations. So the Boston Tea Party in 1774. Which was just talked about. Lord North convinced Parliament to punish the rebellions. By enforcing a cluster of harsh laws. Called the corrosive acts. In America it's known as intolerable acts. And that. This act had the following. Number one, Boston Port Act, which closed the Boston Harbor until the loss of tea was paid. Number two, the New Quartering Act ordered, ordered the colonies to provide lodging to the British soldiers. Nothing had changed from the old one. it's just the old one expired, and they had to renew it, and they renewed it with the Intolerable Act. The third act of the Intolerable Act is in the Partial Justice Act. That allowed any royal official accused of m- accused of a major crime crime would be tried back in Great Britain, rather than in the colonies. Legislative council, as well as judges and sheriffs, also ordered that no town meetings could be held without royal government consent. That maybe even, Tarrant Governor Thomas Gage, who is the commander-in-chief of the British. Army moved to governor of Massachusetts and assumed command of the British soldiers, who were staying in Boston. There was was such a severe major reaction to the intolerable acts that no one really prepared for it. They first elected their own unauthorized legislative council that ordered the town governors to stop paying taxes to the government. They began stockpiling weapons and gunpowder in case of a clash with the royal government. Colonists started to rally to help Boston raising, Boston raise money and supplies, A boycotting, burning, and dumping more Boston tea. In June, Thomas Jefferson suggested that the first, first effective date of Boston Port Act become an official date of fasting and prayer in Virginia. On June 1st, the First Continental Con- Congress met, and on September 5th, 1774, 55 delegates met in Philadelphia over the next 7 weeks. They endorsed the Shaka resolves, and that urged others to resist British tyranny with force. The Congress also adopted a declaration. Also adopted a declaration of American rights, which proclaimed once again the rights of Americans as British citizens, denying promised authority to regulate the affairs of the colonies. They say that we demand no new rights, but we ask only for peace, liberty, and security. Congress adopted the Continental Association of 1774, which recommended every colony to organize their own committees to have a new 100% complete boycott of all British goods imported into the colonies and refused to send over American goods over to Britain. Together they formed the Continental Association and became the Network for Resistance Movement, consisting of over 7,000 people, and it caused more tension between the the loyalists and the patriots. Back in England, King George wrote to London and Lord North saying that Americans are subject to this country or to be independent, which means that they need to be subjects of Great Britain or the enemy of God by, by themselves which makes kind of no sense, but what he was getting at was that they need to be with us or to be set free from us. By 1775, Parliament declared Massachusetts was in complete rebellion. On February 27, 1775, Lord North issued the cont- Contemplatory Proposition offered to resolve any dispute by eliminating all taxes on the colonies that, and that they will pay the military defenses, and royal governor salaries. And it didn't go as planned. Patrick Henry said that the war was unavoidable and that the colonists had done everything they could to avoid war. Patrick Henry then said, Give me liberty or give me death. Which means I would rather die than to be a citizen of Britain under the tyrannical rule. By the middle of the year, Great Britain had lost all control. Boston General Gage warned that the armed conflict would unleash horrors of a civil war. On, Mar- on April 14, 1775, British Army had received orders to, s- to stop all open rebellion in Boston. General Gage had decided to arrest the rebellion leader named Samuel Adams and to seize their stockpile of weapons and gunpowder stored at Concord, 16 miles northeast west Of Boston. Four days later, on April 18th, 800 soldiers secretly got in boats, crossed the Charles River, Cambridge, went to Lexington. Patriots heard of this and were prepared. And Paul Revere didn't really ride on horseback. The red, saying the redcoats are coming. And but they did have signals, but they weren't the signals that we've heard of Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. But 238 redcoats found Captain John Foreman and two other and two other minutemen at Lexington Town Square. The British soldiers shot shot at the shot at the minutemen, stabbed in them with bayonets. And bayonets are basically swords at the end of the gun, leaving eight dead and ten wounded. As others, as officials led their army from Lexington to Concord. They destroyed hidden military supplies, encountering the Minutemen at North Bridge, and around 12 British soldiers were killed or wounded. Church bells rang, warning the rest of the rebels, rebels from nearby communities to get ready. Grab your guns, they are coming towards you. And British retreated back to Lexington. The battles of Lexington and Concord turned resistance into a war of rebellion. Now, war has not been officially declared, and we're not going to go into full depths of these two wars. Of the American Revolutionary War, but they will be on the next episode. But on June 15th and twenty and 25th, the, se- the Con- Second Continental Congress named George Washington the national army and Washington and charge of the national army. Washington accepted, but refused pay. On June 17th, minutemen engaged British forces in a major clash at the Bunker Hill. And about 2,400 British troops formed lines up and down the, at Breed's Hill. Colonists waited until they were super close. The British retreated for a second time, but stopped trying to pursue the rebels. The British suffered casualties, doubling the American losses. And war is officially declared. War is in full swing between Great Britain and America. With that, you have a great day. Next time on History Talks with History of 1836, we'll be talking. About the American Revolutionary War. Peace.